Hey guys, welcome to the show that gives you the tools you need to break through into all you were created to be, to live your life full of hope and purpose. I'm Pam Ramey and Jesus Girls, let's find our role. Hey, 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 Jesus girls, welcome back to today's broadcast. I'm Pam Ramey, and we have got the best show for you today to encourage and equip you to live your life overflowing with destiny and purpose in your spirit, in your mind, and in your body, because God wants you to thrive in all three areas of your life. At the end of today's show, we're going to make a powerful declaration over ourselves, as we always do, and I'm going to teach you a great exercise that is super easy to do, has zero impact on your body, and is a great calorie burn. So stay tuned for that. Today we're going to be talking about just hopelessness in general and how there is such an epidemic of hopelessness and confusion and depression. And to discuss this with me is my good friend, Diane Partain, who was Uh, on our 12th episode, and you really need to go back and hear that episode if you haven't already, because Diane explains so beautifully the love of the Father, the love that God has for you. She is an author of the book Transforming Grace, Knowing Your Identity in Christ. She's also a Bible scholar and an amazing mentor of many, many, many women. And Today, if you didn't get a chance to listen to her show, go back and listen because she does share a lot of her testimony, but we're going to go a little bit deeper into her testimony today. And Diane, welcome back to the show, Jesus Girlfriend. Well, it's good to be back. I love this (laughs) podcast. I love being on the show and it blesses me. Well, it blesses us. And I'm telling you, we have received so much feedback Uh, about the last show that you were on and how so many people that have reached out to us were just so blessed about really understanding the depth of love that their Heavenly Father has for them. Oh, that's awesome. That that blesses me because that's my heart's desires that people know that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It it, it is, uh, it's so critical for all of us to know that. And on our last show, you talked about, you shared some of your testimony with us. And one of the things that you shared with us was that you were actually living out on the street Mm -hmm. by the age of 15. And I think that's where we should start today is maybe where, like, how did you survive on the street? How did you think about yourself? How did, like, how did the enemy continue to get his talents into Mm -hmm. you and bring you into a place of true, truly a place of complete hopelessness and depression? Right. Well, actually, I had just turned 16 when I got it. Okay. When I I, uh, left home, I left home because of abuse, um, sexual abuse, just abuse. And went to the streets of Atlanta thinking somehow I would find myself, Mm -hmm. somehow I would fit in. And back during my, I'm not going to, I'll date myself, but during the 70s, you know, the hippie movement was strong. And Mm -hmm. I just felt like if I got out on the streets, I would discover like peace and love Mm -hmm. and and joy and 
everything that I really wanted, just acceptance. And instead, it ended up that I ran into um, a, well, pimp, you know, someone that, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. coerced me to start, like, turning tricks. I ended up in the sex industry of prostitution Mm -hmm. and jail and just uh, stealing, doing everything, you know, just everything you could just to survive. And it wasn't anything like what I had thought it would be. Did you... Was there joy, any joy at all? No. In that, yeah. No, mm-hmm. there was no joy at all. I was so depressed. And, you know, the my drugs, you know, the drug addiction increased tremendously because it was mm-hmm. the only way that I could do the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And just to try to numb all the pain and dis- despair and discouragement and hopelessness that I was feeling. Well, you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you, as you're, as you're saying that, Diane, I, you know, we are so, we are in an epidemic of, oh, of, I think every age group, but aren't we really seeing it so much with with uh, younger, young adults and teenagers, you know, getting involved in very dangerous drugs, very dangerous drugs and overdosing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing like, you know, this, this like you, you know, we've talked previously, this age of um, social media and stuff is just, mm-hmm. it's just really caused everybody to be just be troubled about who they are, lose who they are, their mm-hmm. identity, try to become something they're not. And it's just, it's an epidemic right now with kids that are isolated because they're yes. living mm-hmm. vicariously through the internet instead yeah. of actually having, you know, uh, contact with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, their self-esteem is based on how many likes they get, how yeah. many followers they have. It's just, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And I think it, it really is heartbreaking. And I actually was sharing with you right before the show, I just read this very tragic story of a social uh, um, media influencer who's 21 years old, Mm -hmm. a beauty queen who lives up in Canada, and she wanted to share with her followers her skydiving. So she went through a day of training and jumped out of the plane and forgot, did not get her, you know, her chute, her parachute opened in time and, and fell to her death. And it, it is just so tragic because that was, she was so prob, she may have been, we don't know for sure, but she may have been so focused on getting this information to her 95,000 followers on social media that it took her life. It is. It's heartbreaking. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's heartbreaking because this generation, especially their whole identity, their whole, their self-esteem, their self-worth, their self-value, everything important they base on what social media says, Mm -hmm. what they're supposed to look like. They have so many filters now. Nobody is even like taking a picture of who they really are. Boy, that is so true. And, 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 you know, and that really personally just annoys me. I'm like, what happened? Just like, you know, just be who you are. But they just want, you know, to have filters for everything. They just want all the likes. They want all the comments. And then, and just on and on. And it's just consumes it just consumes them. Somehow, what I hear you saying, somehow along the way, it's it's like it's not okay to just be who God created oh, you to be, like, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what that is what's so sad because God created us so beautifully and so wonderfully made. We mm-hmm. are just like perfectly and beautifully and wonderfully mm-hmm. made. He has such a wonderful purpose for us, a, a beautiful destiny. But we're so busy 
trying to get the acceptance of man that we don't yeah. even really think about that. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we don't even really care what God thinks. We're just so busy. Uh, you know, this generation especially gets so busy just trying to get acceptance from other kids, mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. that it really takes their focus and their mind off of God. It takes their focus and mind off of who they are. Mm-hmm. And they become whatever they think they need to become that's going to get the most likes, going to get, you know, the most mm-hmm. followers. You know, it's not even really, they, they lose themselves. What's so sad is they completely lose their identity, just completely. Lose their identity. And you said something um, that is so true. And I'd like you to speak into that, Diane, is when you think about, you know, all of the likes or all of the followers, you bring up the word isolation. And so really, uh, it creates isolation, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Because you become very isolated. You know, it, you become isolated and out of touch from reality, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Because everything mm-hmm. in social media all of a sudden becomes their reality. Mm-hmm. And it's not reality. It's a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. And then that creates isolation because you're just struggling to figure out how do you fit in all this. Mm -hmm. And you don't have contact with like real humans and real people Mm -hmm. and real, real conversation. Nobody Mm -hmm. has real conversation anymore, Mm -hmm. which is really sad. Nobody talks about it. It's really sad. Yes. Anything that's of value. Nobody talks about things that are important or of value. It's all about just what the exterior, what you look like Mm -hmm. and that, that right there to me is extremely damaging because it's all about the physical body the physical appearance mm-hmm. and and we you know we we house god i mean yes, we, are we, the, we are the temple of god i mean mm-hmm. that's that's what makes us beautiful yeah i loved i love that word value and let's just talk about that for a second let's talk about how because in our last episode you talked about how valuable we are to god and let's talk about just how God sees us, how, how God wants for us to see ourselves and how he values us. Right. Well, you know, from scripture, I mean, that God sees us as beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are just so beautiful and perfect in his eyes. We are not flawed. We don't have any flaws physically, emotionally, anything. He just sees Mm -hmm. us totally beautiful. We're filled with his glory. Mm -hmm. We're made in his image. I mean, we can't be more beautiful and he can, and he sees us for who we are, not just what our physical bodies are like. You know, he sees us for what we for the purpose and destiny he's placed mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. And each person has this beautiful destiny that's been placed inside of them. And God has even thought about this since before creation. And I think about how God says He's known us since before creation. I love that. And it, and I I've always pictured God just thinking, you know, well, I know Pam and she's going to have such and such color of eyes. She's mm-hmm. going to have a certain smile and a certain yeah. little nose and, you know, and, and delighting in that God delighting just literally in delights in that because we're his children. That's mm-hmm. he is our father and we're his kids. And he is our filter. And he is our filter. Yes, he's yes, our, he he's the our best filter. filter we can have, Amen. right? Amen. He is our filter. You know, on our last show, we talked about how that God, that God says in his word that we are his poetry. And I, I love that. I just yes. love that scripture so much. And that's in James one twenty two. Uh, no, pardon me. That's in Ephesians 2.10. And that it says we have become his poetry 
And we're a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. Why? Because we're joined to Jesus, Amen. the anointed one. Even before we were ever born, like you just said, Diane, God had planned in advance our destiny and the good word that we would do to fulfill Amen. it. And, and I, I, I feel if we could just get this truth on the inside of us, of the, the poetry that we are to our heavenly father, that we would see, uh, a lot less hopelessness and despondency and depression. And so I want to kind of just talk about how that looked for you. When did you start to, because here you were a young girl, you know, out on the streets, you know, involved in, prostitution, trying to just survive, thinking that this is where you're going to find your joy that only led you to depression, that only led you to, you know, mental illness. How did that change for you? I know that God had given you a vision and I, and I love that so much. I think we should share that again, but just speak into like what flipped that switch for you? Well, it, I spent you know, really, unfortunately, I spent most of my life struggling with identity, you know, mm. identity, sexual identity, every kind of identity. Mm-hmm. And um, it consumed, it just consumed my every thought. I mean, it, I ended up in mental institutions like seven times because of depression and suicide. Because of depression, depression and suicide. And suicidal mm. thoughts. Suicidal yeah. thoughts. And I just, I felt so hopeless because I knew there was more. I knew that things were intended to be different, but I just couldn't figure out how to tap into that. I, I didn't know where I was going wrong, but most of it was that I was believing lies. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the one thing when I, when I had that vision, what it, what it revealed to me and what, what I'll tell anybody that if you're not believing what God says about you, it's a lie. And that is I, so good. And when I had that encounter, that was the thing that came through loud and clear in that moment with God is that everything I had believed, I believed I was an addict, I believed I was a prostitute, I believed I was unlovable, I believed I was ugly, I didn't feel like I was a woman, mm-hmm. I believed that I fell short in every area, mm. I believed that I was worthless, I just I believed all of this mm. stuff, and in that instant, God revealed to me that I was none of that, that I was filled with His glory, and He revealed to me the beautiful woman that I was, mm-hmm. and I was so beautiful in His eyes, and so so beautiful the way that He created me, that I wasn't anything that he, that I had believed that I was that whole time. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I had believed I was an addict. Mm-hmm. And I, at that moment, I realized, I thought, I've been believing lies my entire life. I've been believing lies that people have spoken over me. I've yes. been believing lies that even Satan had mm-hmm. get put thoughts into my mind. Mm-hmm. But everything I believed was a lie. And and what burdens me though, we're talking that this generation, like, and I didn't even have the internet, right? Which, thank God, I don't even know if I'd ever got free. But you know, <laughs> I think I, I, you know what, you bring up a good point. I think that it is more challenging today because yes. of because kids are not only young adults; we're all of us are being compared to an image that is not real. Oh, and they're finding out they're 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 looking. For their their questions to sexual identity, a lot of times online, mm-hmm. and now we've got this the the dynamics and this dialogue that well anything goes. Like yeah. you can be a them, you can be a cat, you can be a bird, you can identify as anything, which mm-hmm. is such a blasphemy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, 
but it's it's the culture that we're in now and the and social media is being used like crazy to promote this where mm-hmm. kids when they want to know about sex we need to be let, let me just pet peeve for me we need to be talking about sex with these young adults in church mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we need to have classes about sex. the parents need to be talking to their children I agree. about it because what happens is they're going to the internet and what they're finding is a total perversion it's mm-hmm. just a total perversion of what mm-hmm. god says that sex is um, and so the, they're they're forming their identities. They're forming their sexual preferences. They're, everything that they're they're gathering information from is is perverted and it's anti God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and also they're they're looking for acceptance. People are right. look, we're all looking for acceptance and love. And God is love. Absolutely, mm-hmm. He is. He He is. He He is love. And I and I think Diane that one of the the things that can perpetuate this just lack of identity is um, when people make fun of you, when people bully right, you, right. when, Absolutely. you know, and that, I, don't you think so? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that, I mean, when you, when you are, and there's so much cyberbullying right now. And I just, sometimes it just crushes me to think about, these kids you hear about that have been bullied online and been told that there's something wrong with them by all of their friends or by people, their friends on Facebook who don't even know who they are. I know. And that really, that you're so right. That's so much bullying. And then what, what the measure of they, what they measure that against are people like the Kardashians and things mm-hmm, like that. Right, if you don't look right. like Kim Kardashian, there's mm-hmm. something wrong with you. And it's like, this stuff isn't real. They have, they've had so much plastic surgery and stuff done. It's like, they're not even real. So, but the bullying, like you said, it's, and what gets me out, like with these social media platforms, it's like they have all of these friends and then they don't understand why, when they're like, I've known people that have had needs and have been in a crisis and they've mm-hmm. reached out to their Facebook friends mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And like they had mm-hmm. thousands of Facebook friends mm-hmm. and nobody responded. And then they felt like, wow, talk about isolation. They felt like, well, nobody they feel even iso- cares. Nobody, nobody even cares, cares because, yes. nobody, but they're not really, their friends are just people. Yeah. They don't even know for sure who these people are. Don't even, don't even know for sure who these people are. You know, you really make a good point. Um, being in intimate relationship with people, how critical that is. It's Isn't critical. that critical? It's critical. I, I mean, at, completely separate separate from social media, we have to have a very core group of intimate relationships to thrive, to survive Absolutely. and thrive and to help us know who we are. That's so good. And so we're not, so that we don't, I think that that keeps us, our head kind of down to earth right, uh, is to know that there are people like you just said that we can go to, we can right. go to who are going to be there for us, who could bring us a meal if we need a meal or pray for us if we need to prayer. But we are, we're never intended to live this life alone or isolated or no. just, you know, via uh, social media or anything else. Yeah. It's really like an oxymoron because mm-hmm. you're like, you have, all these people supposedly in your life, but yet you have no one in your it life. It really is an oxymoron. Yeah. You're totally, you're totally just isolated, but at the same time, you're sitting at home in isolation feeling like, well, but I've got 5,000 friends. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. you don't. You don't have, yeah. but maybe one or two friends. Yeah. Which is okay. You know, I'm going to tell you friends, good friends, they're really few in number. You yeah. Know, you can probably 
uh, count them all on one hand. Mm-hmm. And then there's relationships that, that you can have healthy relationship with people mm-hmm. and have community. Those are different, but you you need intimate friends. You, yes, you do. Like you were saying, you need intimate friends that can encourage you, can validate you when you need, when you're just mm-hmm. not feeling good about yourself, they can speak into you. And, and that's what th- this generation is not getting. They not, they're not getting it. And, you know, we've said this on another, on a previous show, but the word intimacy really is into me see that we're willing to, you know, so to speak, take our makeup off right, and let somebody see us with all of our flaws right. without a filter and And Jesus girls, that's really what we want to encourage you to do is to, you know, really press in to those very intimate relationships because we were created to need each other. And, and Diane, do you feel that having these kind of intimate relationships does help with depression, does help with um, hopelessness. Oh, absolutely. You, you, Nate, you said it, called it right. We were made to need, need each other. We are mm-hmm. actually the body of God. We're, mm-hmm. we're a body. We have a bunch of members that make up this body, and yep. we need each other to function the way that we were made to function. Mm-hmm. And it changes the dynamics of everything when you actually have real personal relationship with people and you're connected to a body of people versus just being somewhere by yourself trying to deal with things because i tell you what you know the enemy's battleground is our mind and so we're going to get in our head and we're going to have him either putting thoughts in our head or we're going to rehearse the thoughts of what other have you know what others have spoken over us mm-hmm. which were not correct mm-hmm. like i you know for an example you know people speak like when i was growing up i had spoken to me that you were stupid that you know you hey. just you know yeah you think i know all, what you mean think of all the yeah. things just think of all the things that were spoken over you yeah. yeah that you began to believe as your as being a part of who you were when really that that's not who you are it's not it's not and you know i uh we've talked about this before too, but you know, that added sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, our words are containers of power. They are, they're the most powerful thing. Well, the Bible says that our, our words have the power to bless or curse, you know, to bring life or death. So our words are powerful. So uh, Jesus girls, if you have just had, words spoken over you that have lied to you about who you really, really are, then we want for you to know who you are and you are loved by God. You are the righteousness of God. You can't do anything to make God love you anymore or any less than he does right this very second. And you were chosen to live right now in this time because there's a great destiny on your life. Right, Diane? Yes. Yes. I love it. God hand picked all of us, all of us that are here. We were handpicked to be here at this time. Mm -hmm. And God has a great and beautiful and wonderful plan and destiny for each and every one of us. And I think that is hopeful, right? Yes. If we hope, it gives me hope to know that I have like something like that's just mine that God picked for me to do. And I, I feel like, um, I feel like we need to continue with this conversation in another show, Diane, uh, because I think just talking about our identity and being anchored in our true identity is really what sets us free. 
from Abs- depression yes. and hopelessness everything. and everything. It's Would everything. You- mm-hmm. Oh, actually, yes, you're so right, Pam. Knowing who you are, your true identity in Christ will set you free from anything. From anything. It will set you free from all these false identities mm-hmm. that, that, mm-hmm. The, that the enemy, that the world, that people, whether they're parents, teachers, bullies, friends, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, have tried mm-hmm. to put on you. You'll be completely set free from them, and you'll be confident in the person that God has created you to be. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what you look like. Whether you're different than other, I mean, but you'll be confident because you know that you were uniquely and beautifully and wonderfully made by God. And when we know that the the identities that the world tries to uh, put on us, they get washed away, right? Right, right. Yeah, so we don't have to succumb to those identities absolutely, anymore. Absolutely, absolutely, because they're lies. I'm mm-hmm. just, it's it's really pretty simple. It's like if you're believing something about yourself and you can't find it in the Bible that tells you that you're that, mm-hmm. well, then it's a lie. Boy, because, that's a because, good word. I mean, that's a good word. If because God has nothing but good things to to say about you, He has nothing but good thoughts that He thinks about mm. you, and God has made you beautifully and wonderfully made. You are in Christ Jesus. You are righteous. You are <laughs> crowned with His glory. You are filled with His glory. Yeah, all of this is what God says about you, and He is your Father. He created you, and who better to know who you really are than Him? Yeah. Yeah, that is so, oh, that is such a good word, Diane. I think we need to continue this uh, on a, on another show and just follow this up on identity because it's a, like you said, it's everything. It is everything. It's everything. But for right now, why don't we make a declaration over our Jesus girls on who they are, okay. who they really are. And Jesus girls, remember, when we make a declaration that, you know, in Job twenty two twenty eight, it says, decree a thing and mm. see it established. See it established. Ooh. So when you speak words out of your mouth, you're making a decree. You're making a declaration. And that those words are being sent forth as seeds to yes. be planting they're planted into your heart to ultimately produce a harvest. And the words that we want for you to declare over yourself right now, this is the harvest that God wants for you to have in your life, for you to know who you are and to know that you are not all the ugly names you have called yourself. You are not the ugly names that other people have called you. This is who you are. So Diane, how about if you lead us through this declaration and Jesus girls, we're going to repeat this after Diane. Okay, that's good, Pam. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And nothing can change that because Jesus never changes. And nothing can change that because Jesus never changes. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I am a chosen generation and he always leads me into triumph. I love that. I am a chosen generation. Whatever generation you're in, you're chosen in that generation. And he always leads me into triumph. I am not a mistake. And I am marked with a powerful destiny. I am not a mistake. And I am marked with a powerful destiny. Amen. Whew, that is a great That's who declaration. We are. That is who we are. <laughs> that is who we are. And Jesus girls, don't believe 
uh, any other lie because that's who you are. And before we head out today, I promise to share an exercise with you that is easy to do, has zero impact on your body, and is a great calorie burn. And it's just called a pretend jumping jack. So I know we've all seen jumping jacks, right, Diane? Yes. <laughs> She's over here laughing. She I, just wants. I like the idea of a pretend one. <laughs> you know. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes we need the pretend exercise. Why? Because it helps us take the compression off of our skeletal system. So sometimes people will stay away from a jumping jack because they're they don't want that uh, impact to their body. So, you know, hey, if you want to do the full on jumping jack, I say party on. But <laughs> if you don't want the impact to your body, I'm going to talk you through this. What you're going to do is you're going to just stand up, take your feet, separate them a little bit wider than your hips and turn your toes out just a little bit. Then take your arms down by your sides, bring your arms up over your head. Maybe you can come up on your toes, come down and bend your knees, bend your knees a little bit. And then just start doing your jumping jacks. You're pumping your arms up over your head. So when you're pumping your arms up over your head, guess what you're doing? You're increasing your heart rate. When you're increasing your heart rate, guess what? Your body starts burning calories, right? Diane? Absolutely. You should see her right now. She is like, she's <laughs> sitting here wanting to do her little pretend jumping jacks. Now, if you get that little extra burst of energy, then when you bring your arms up, instead of going to your toes, you can lift those toes up and you can do a real jumping jack. And here's where I want you to start with that. Let's shoot for about 20 seconds and see how many jumping jacks you can get in. Uh, it's a great way to get your heart rate up. It's a great way to uh, help maintain your weight. Just anything that where we're, we're burning calories is a really great way to maintain our weight. So get your uh, pretend jumpy jacks on. And I think we are going to go ahead and call that a wrap for now, Diane. It's been fun. It's always fun. And Jesus Girls, we are constantly learning new ways to find our roar. That's our voice in Jesus, who he wants us to be. And this week, it's been the importance of really understanding where our identity is in Christ. And we're going to be uh, continuing this topic in our very next broadcast. Also, if you have a special prayer request, we want for you to send that request to us at prayer at jesusgirlroar.com. That's prayer at jesusgirlroar.com. And our promise to you is that we're going to cover you in prayer. And we're also going to write you back with some encouraging words. So, Please send us your prayer request. Yeah, we want to be an encouragement to you. And we want to pray for you. We do. We want to, we want to pray for you. And we want for you to know that we're praying for you. So we're going to be back in touch with you um, and letting you know that we are praying for you. And Jesus Girls, please like us and subscribe to us at JesusGirlRoar.com and encourage your friends by sharing this broadcast with them. We love you. Jesus is crazy about you, and we can't wait to be with you next time on Jesus Girl Roar. 